This is Beers with Hallows. Threats, beers, and most of bliss. All right. Literally, knock yourself out. I, I, well, if I did that, then nobody would be here to stop the recording, and this podcast would go on forever. Mm, not terrible. No, I don't know. So, welcome back to another episode of Beers with Talos. I am your host, Mitch Neff, with El Mathematico, Nigel Houghton, Joel Sif, Joel Essler, Craig, and my axe, Williams. So, guys, today we had a, a lot going on since last time we recorded a podcast. Uh, let's just go around the table real quick, actually, and get some some open uh, open time, just kind of what, what jumps out for the last week or two in security for you guys. Uh, then today we kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the vulns we found, uh, a big resurgence in spam, uh, as well as some new content that the Talos team is putting out in the form of the weekly threat roundup. So why don't we start with, uh, in the order I have you guys in the in the queue here, Nigel, what's been going on this week? Anything interesting? Well, I've been trying to find a uh, gun range that I can attend that's closer to Joel so that he can come along as well, but I'm being unsuccessful at the moment. No, what kind of, Other than that, what kind of distance are you guys looking for? Well, I'm looking for at least probably 500 yards, maybe longer, you know, like 1,000 would be nice, but there's not a whole lot around the Delaware area. Uh, they don't, they don't like thousand yard, uh, they don't like thousand yard ranges in Delaware for some weird reason. Well, that's halfway across the state. Of course yeah. they don't. Yeah. Correct. It's all, it's too flat. <laughs> Other than that, I've been, uh, closely following what's been going on with, um, the Turkish hacking group and what they're trying to do with Apple. And I'm still a little confused about what their claims are and what they think they can do. Claim is the key word, I think. In what you yes, said. exactly. Yeah. It, it is definitely a claim. Uh, whether or not it's actually viable, I don't know. Hey, but one thing's for certain, it spread a lot of uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It sure did. Let me tell you. Oh, FUD. Fantastic. Yes. And there's plenty of that in this industry, let me tell you what. Is there, a, is there a notice gap between their claims and abilities, or it just all seems a little suspect and a little strange? It sounds a little suspect. Um, it could be one of those things where people claim... You know, hacking when it's not actually, it's guessing passwords, maybe. Um, but I, I still am a little suspect as to, or, you know, what they can actually do or what they think they're going to do with those accounts. We'll see. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Next up on the list down is uh, Joel. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about our team uh, this week, there was a hack published on a Chinese website or something, one of the forums that was talking about the Apache Struts 2 Vuln, different way to expose that vulnerability via the uh, the content disposition header instead of the content type header. But like I said, uh, Talos already had coverage and field for it since uh, probably the day that we disclosed uh, the content type vulnerability as well. So uh, good pats on the back for Talos is that we covered that um, way ahead of the time. Nice, nice. Well, Craig, your team put out that that post on Apache Struts. You know, I think that one's a really good example of how bad a vulnerability can be. You know, when we looked at that vulnerability because it was command injection, we immediately saw people pull apart the Metasploit module and start changing pieces around to weaponize it. You know, the second we looked at the honeypot data, we were already seeing exploitation. Um, so it was one of those vulnerabilities that was so simple to understand just by glancing at it that exploitation was almost instant. You know, the real risk here, again, is going to be the servers that either can't patch right away or the servers that no one's monitoring, right? They're going to sit out there and they're going to be compromised for quite a while. 
you know, the really unique thing about this that I thought uh, when we first saw it, there was a massive surge of exploitation. And then over the next like two days, it actually decreased significantly, uh, which is fairly unusual. I'm not really sure if that was due to all the other security issues that had popped up that week or, or what. We had a few uh, other vulnerabilities that, that we actually talked about uh, recently in the last, I don't know, week, week or 10 days on the blog. Actually, no, I think these were these were all this week. Um, LabVIEW and, and R. And, and Rich Johnson put out a tweet, Rich Johnson on our Vaughn Dev team. I saw him put out a tweet the other night uh, talking about how scientific software has, you know, there's special considerations as that as a, you know, more of a soft target. You know, I, I think if we look hard enough at any software, we're going to find vulnerabilities. You know, I don't know that I'd say it's a trend in issues in scientific software. It's probably just something that hasn't been carefully audited. Yeah, I mean, you also have to think that uh, some of the things that Rich is going to do and the Volndelve team is going to do are going to be responses to what our customers are concerned about at the moment. And we have some who obviously do scientific work. They may well ask us, hey, what do you know about this? What what are the things we might be concerned about, about these pieces of software? You can put your tinfoil hat on and, you know. If you can mess with scientific data, then you come up with your own fake science news. Uh, uh, I think a much more accurate scenario is they're going to trick someone into clicking on, you know, an attachment that LabVIEW opens and get code execution that way, right? It's just another gateway to get into the box. We saw a huge uptick in, in spam recently. Uh, you know, it was kind of started to lay low for a little bit, but it looks like Neckers woke back up. Uh, there was also a, a post we put out on RTF files and, and LokiBot Stealer. Uh, I know I was talking to, to one of our researchers earlier today, or one of Craig's researchers actually earlier today. And I mean, he said that we've seen like a, almost a threefold increase in BAM over the past week. We went from, you know, 1.8 to uh, 3.8 coming in through one of our traps. So it was, you know, that's a that's a large increase. It's important to remember, though, that while we did see an increase compared to, say, last week or December, January levels, I mean, Necor specifically is still not operating anywhere near its old capacity. No. Yeah, I think it's, what, 30% right now? Um, which, again, for something that's been dead for three months, turning it back on and having 30% of the nodes still being effective, it's reasonably impressive. Well, I'm sure you can rent Neckers via, you know, volume and things like that, so... So are you, is that to say that we can expect the volume coming back up on Neckers or? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, come on. We know it's not gone. We know it's still operating. Uh, they've chosen for whatever reason to move away from Lockheed this week, uh, but they're still operating in a malicious manner, compromising users for profit. So, yeah, of course, we're going to continue to see it. Do you think that they're going to actually remember to fill their emails out properly going forward? That was my favorite one. Every time I see a spammer, <laughs> just forget to fill in a box. I laugh so hard inside. Dave, gone to stock pump and dump scam emails. Apparently, that's who's renting it this month. If you're, if you're going to do a pump and dump scam, make sure you put the stock that you want to do the pump and dump on in the spam. <laughs> this is rather vital information. Guys, guys, come on. We're giving the attackers too much info. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, here's my problem with this whole campaign. Like, who is this subset of users that have a brokerage account that fall for spam and then fall for pump and dump schemes? Like, we've got to be talking about, like, 1% of 1% of 1%. Like, who are these people? I mean, the trading volume was through the roof. The price was up, what, like, over 80%? I mean, it was insane. Sounds to me like uh, penny stock day traders, maybe. Um... What I thought was hilarious was how there were actual news stories 
attributing the giant increase to uh, an announcement the company had made as opposed to this massive pump and dump campaign. <laughs> so, so that's the company that's been spe- sending the spam then. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> right. Craig, your team also put out LokiBot, Stealer, uh, tricky RTF files. You know, I think it's, it's another example of taking a really well-known old vulnerability I mean, what was that CVE from, like 2012? Something like that, yeah. So, like, like, literally five years old at this point, and yet it's still effective. And so, like, you take a five-year-old vulnerability, you combine it with some evasion techniques, and you effectively bypass three out of 45 antivirus engines and virus total. Like, what, like immediately that should tell you antivirus does not work, right? It's literally why you need more advanced technologies. Well, I think that you shouldn't rely on antivirus. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It, it you know, it does clearly works. Yeah, but there, there are. <laughs> it works like know. that solar powered, or the sorry, the crank flashlight works, right? Like you can crank it and technically light the light, but it's, <laughs> you know, it, it does work. It just depends. You need to choose your AV provider very carefully, and you also need to make sure that they don't just rely on maybe signatures. That they have something else, like you know, they have. Uh, you know, lookups to the cloud, maybe things like that, you know, where you're actually doing more advanced endpoint protection. Whoa. If only it was some sort of advanced malware protection. Mm. Who offers something like that? Hmm. Guys are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where you usually get to drop your, uh, your product plug in, Joel. Yeah, you're the sales guy. Come on. <laughs> oh, hey guys, oh. did you know you can subscribe to the Snore Community Rule Set at home? It's a very cheap discounted price. It's not even that. We give it we give Immunet away for free. Yes, we do. <laughs> the good thing. Oh, I do actually uh I do have a Immunet on my on my son's machine. Yeah. And uh he was like, Daddy, I, I keep getting these pop ups and I think it's uh I think it's I think it's nasty. And you know, he's getting some kind of fake uh blue screen type uh-huh. pop-ups yeah so i go and look at him i was like well why do you think that's fake and he's like well um i, th- I think i'm not getting it because i keep ignoring my immunet update uh, <laughs> yeah about that just out of curiosity why hadn't he been patching I-, I don't know i mean i keep telling him you know hey just patch all the things dude always update always update if i run the update it really makes my graphics lag oh you know what that reminds me like last night so i go on last night to uh deal with a few uh, Bolivian cartel uh, members on the Tom Clancy game that I'm not going to you know, advertise too much. But before I could start playing, it wanted me to install a patch. And that brought back memories of playing Call of Duty as well and on all the different forms and the same thing happening. And you know what? It's annoying. It's, it is. You just want to get on. You just want to play. I just want to do this. Here's the thing. Like, why the hell doesn't it auto patch? Right. You would. You would think. Right. I have my. I have my system, and I'll tell you which uh, Sony PlayStation it might be. Oh, that's the one where you pay extra for it. Yeah. Right. It's an extra four ninety nine a month to have it auto patch. Well, still, you get that thing where you get on. Oh yeah. Hey, downloaded the patch for you. Uh, but you need to install it now before we start playing. <laughs> You know, I, I feel bad for you guys. I just built a new gaming box. Like, I, I max out everything. It's just been so much fun. That is fun. I've actually played on that machine, and that the uh, the VR is is pretty intense. I was shocked how well it worked. Like, I expected it to be really gimmicky and not a lot of fun. But the VR with the Oculus hand controllers is so intuitive. 
that both my four-year-old and six-year-old can just play it immediately. Wow, that's cool. Clearly, you have too much free time on your hands, Craig. Clearly, has too much money on his hands. He's going to be like, oh, I built this massive bajillion-dollar gaming rig, and I expected it to be terrible. <laughs> it's actually not that expensive. You know, if you go look at... Uh, on Reddit, there's a thing called PC Builds where they'll actually spec out gaming systems for around $1,200 that are pretty competitive. So so what I'm getting from this, what I'm getting from this is that when Craig tells us that he's been in meetings all week, what he actually does <laughs> is he Reddit learning how to build another PC. But is right? it secure? Does it auto-patch for free? Well, wait, wait, wait. I, I, think, I think we're actually in an interesting point, though, because I think for me especially, like one of the very first things that got me into computer security was hacking video games. You know, I think a lot of parents look at their kids playing computer games and are like, oh, what a waste of time. Uh, But the reality is that by playing the game and wondering, hey, how do I give myself infinite money? uh, That's a really compelling way to get people to teach themselves. Right. I mean, it's like really simple. And a lot of them, you just look at your money value, convert it to hex, open up the save game of the hex editor. Oh, look, there's that number. Now let me just make it all nines or something. Right. Um, and that's how a lot of people get started. Well, I think that for me it would be uh, playing when you start when you start to hack your computer games and stuff like that. For me, it comes down to, and I'm not saying I haven't done it. I, all right, so I have done it, but it comes down to what's the point? Because you're supposed to be playing a game and solving, you know, in some cases solving problems. Or Nigel, do you want to play that thing for forty hours to unlock the fifth? revision of the rocket launcher or do you just want all the rocket launchers god mode well there's a thing right you're 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 hacking something that is supposed to be a game you've paid money to play that game so if you start hacking it and start basically what you're doing is now cheating then why bother playing at all why bother right well this week we had a uh or actually i guess a couple weeks ago craig right we we started introducing a, a new piece of content to talisintelligence.com, we started putting out a, uh, a threat roundup. Effectively, what that is, is we're prototyping what will be part of our new newsletter uh, once that's revised. And it's effectively the top threats that Talus has seen that week or uh, within that time period. I mean, it's really straightforward. You're going to see the name of the threat. You're going to see IOCs of the threat. You're going to see the basic coverage chart, uh, and then you're going to see the specific screenshots of detection engines detecting it. So it's a little bit more detailed than we normally go into, and we're just doing that because those are the threats that we think are the most concerning for that week. People need to know what it what it looks like when they see it in Umbrella, when they see it in AMP, when they see it, you know, those type of things. They need to see what it looks like. They need to know, hey, you know, this, this domain looks like this. It's blocked like this. It looks like this in a pop-up. So that way when they see it and they Google you know, that name, they know exactly what it looks like. So if you, you know, are concerned about a threat that you've seen, you can go to our threat roundup page and actually read a little bit about it, see what devices cover it and see how you can defend against it. You know, and the, the other takeaway is that it's going to be going out in the weekly newsletter. We talk about LastPass. Did anybody talk about LastPass at all? It could be the last thing we talk about. <laughs> That's good. Seems that LastPass, a certain version of LastPass, had a nice little jacking vulnerability in it that was discovered by by Tavis out there at Google Land. I say I think I saw a blurb about it. Uh, well, apparently this vulnerability was uh, originally reported back to them back in 2015, but they didn't completely fix it. I guess. Uh, but it's basically you know simple clickjacking. Basically, if they can craft a link and and put it on any type of website or any type of thing like that, and then you click on it, and when it does, it will actually be able to go into your 
LastPass repository and pull out whatever password they wanted to pull out. So say they use Twitter as an example, right? The, they click on a particular link and it pops out the Twitter password in the ex- That's no good. Hey, Joel, so is that, can we assume that that's what you use? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Crypt Zero Locker, not the old Crypto Locker, uh, has hit again, and we have a massive write-up by Holger. Uh, you know, I think the biggest takeaway from this particular version is that uh, they didn't delete shadow copies. So if you are hit by it, you can actually just go in Windows and recover your files. That doesn't seem very effective for a piece of ransomware to, to leave those intact. Well, and what's weird about it is the previous versions deleted it. I mean, this is a reasonably advanced piece of ransomware. Like, depending on what IP space you execute it from, you get completely different GUIs in that native language. It has FAQs and how-tos on getting the Bitcoin out. So for them to put in, a, a I would say, a bug like this is pretty hilarious, and we had a good laugh about it. I mean, what, what do you get from the fact that they broke a major part of their... Oh, there were, there were other errors that we're not publicly discussing at this point. So I think we're definitely going to see them revise it. I mean, last time we ran the numbers, this was one of the top pieces of ransomware being distributed right now. Well, because Lockheed's way down thanks to Nekor's moving away from it, right? We posted that blog in, I think, January, February, uh, and they still haven't been able to just recover enough to really get high up on the charts. Anybody else have any thoughts on, on things coming up in the next couple of weeks? Well, I have, uh, I mean, like I said, I've been interested in what's going on with Apple and the Turkish group, and that's going to apparently all be revealed on April the 7th. And uh, hopefully there's going to be one or two other things that we can dis- discuss in our next little session. I'll tell you what, though, um, one of the things that has happened recently was that yesterday was a National Puppy Day, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Wait, that's a thing? Yes, it's a thing. I thought every day was puppy day. Well, only are good boys. Yes, it is for us. That's right. It is for us, Mitchell. But uh, the rest of the world celebrates it on a specific day, and we should really have posted pictures of our puppies for everyone. We can still do that today. Or you can do that today as well. I need a picture of Bender flying into the pool. Yes. Yeah, Bender doesn't fly into the pool. Well, he does, like, up to his chest, and then he kind of, like... He does if you throw him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then he cowers from you for, like, at least eight seconds. <laughs> I can't believe that Bender's actually a Labrador if he doesn't go flying into the pool at full speed at the deep end. He does, but he slid off the shallow end into the deep end and like scared the hell out of himself once. Uh, and he's, he's still trying to get used to it. Guys, I think that's going to do about do it for us today. Okay. <laughs> Definitely join us next time on Beers with Talos. Uh, thank you, Joel, Joseph, Nigel L. Mathematico, Button, and Craig and my axe Williams for another riveting episode of Beers with Talos and we'll see you guys next time thank you very much Mitchell thank you